digression there but um it just came to mind um so anyway you know yeah that's the i think that there's there's all these different threads moving with the survival thing like before we were we recorded or hit record um you mentioned the anarcho primitivist sort of stuff i see do you see you know in your in your meanderings on the internet how whether it's the tactical world or, you know, just uh, former vets who, who are anonymous or whatnot, but they know, and they're starting to veer into things like Uncle Ted or anarcho-primitivism. I guess it's happened for a, for a couple of years now, but have you noticed that as well? Oh, yeah. I, that's like a mainstay. In, in fact, I, there, well... One of the reasons I was asking, I was wanting to ask you that is, is to kind of, well, for one thing, it just as far as you're getting it, just, you know, like I, I'm, you know, I'm living in the suburbs right now and like I would, I miss the woods and I always wanted to learn more about that stuff. And so like, for one thing, I'm curious as to like, how would I even, just as a greenhorn, go about getting some real good deep woods training? Um, but then uh, also that's, you, you I think it was uh, on your, your most recent episode, I I just listened to it today, so I'm caught up now. But uh, you were you were talking about this uh, this this kind of decay or decline, you know, that that kind of goes around in our circles. And you mentioned kind of decline from what? Like, what is it that we're? How is it that we're diminished? What are what are we falling down from? And that's something that I've always felt. Um, you 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 grow up around like some some really some really tough people, and you know how think of like my my grandparents and you know coming out of the great depression and these are people who good lord my grandmother had to get her house roofed and so a bunch of my my papa's brothers you know and then their kids all came up and they just got on the roof and roofed the house like these are the kind of people that they you know they all had gardens and they all had livestock and they just they knew how to do everything and they had like second or third grade educations you know and here i am you know growing up in the burbs and i feel like i've got a foot in kind of I've I see the old way and I see it passing and I'm like I'm, you know, very much you know, growing up in this new world and like I don't I don't feel comfortable in it and there's like the, these old ways that that fascinate me, um and that's part of why I joined the army because I thought I'm gonna get this high speed training and I'm gonna learn how to live in the woods and like you know just kill people with my bare hands and I'm just gonna be just <laughs> like this you know you know high speed low drag you know walking, talking, bad news. I'm going to learn all that high speed stuff. And it's not like that. And that really, <laughs> like, like, it's not like that. Like, like, it's not like how it is in the brochures. And so they totally got me on that. But so that's why, you know, for you to be able to just go off and do this stuff kind of on your own, you know, without the backing of an institution like, you know, .gov or whatever, that's, that requires some doing. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I noticed 
when I when I after I had taken some some more formal classes and um, oh I know what I was going to open with was if you haven't got it already there's um, a series of books called I think it's Foxfire or Firefox and it's yes I've heard of those actually okay you can find them sometimes on like a complete set um, there's somebody some publisher who is reprinting them and they charge like 10 bucks a book so you know it's depending on your point of view i mean it's 120 bucks or what have you at least it was last time i checked for the whole set and that because i think there's for guys such as yourself who who are growing up like where i am now in tennessee i can sense a lot of what you're you're suggesting is, you know, is in these hard people, your grandpa, um, uncles, relatives, but maybe you didn't grow up right next to it. I I think it's funny to browse those books. I I will read a chapter or something at a time, but mostly I just like to browse them, pick up a little bit, maybe go out and test it. But for yourself. Um, I, I would bet that it's really not very far away at all, you know, from, though it seems far away. I think we have some sort of illusion where, and I guess there's some truth to, like, I mean, a lot of us did just like stare at television our entire childhoods and we can't like, I mean, you joined the military, like you've gone through some pretty serious shit and, um. You know, I'm not standing in front of you, but I imagine you're rather physically capable. So even if you're not like super handy or which I'm not either, I'm um, my dad was an accountant and some of that probably came from camping, which is, I think, another oddity about the West versus Southeast and East in general. And I I've not spent a lot of time in your neck of the woods, but I have spent enough that I BLM or, you know, Bureau of land management lands and national forest is so it's something like 80% or 85% of Oregon is public land. So you, you almost can't help, but go camping and get a feel for some of that stuff. And then, I mean, I get, I would, in that podcast, you know, I mentioned uh, First Blood and those ninja movies. I think you're about the same. Oh, I, I, when you mentioned ninja movies, I popped because I I grew up with some ninja movies. Like, okay. <laughs> like we had a we had like a like a like a like a black market in my neighborhood where like you could go get some Chinese stars if you knew the right person. But you know, if your your mom didn't catch him, it's, it's like you're like it's like you know. Mid nineteen eighties, and you're like, "Hey, <laughs> you know, like we're here to buy some Chinese stars or whatever." These these kids coming up don't know nothing about that, but like, I know. And it yeah, was, so it I, was, I, you said ninjas, and it's like, oh, I know. Right on. That's. It was like it was pretty innocent, <laughs> though, right? Like it wasn't. It wasn't like you were gonna get those Chinese stars and then immediately be some threat which i wonder about the kids these days if they're 
I mean, because if you had said that to you and I, or, you know, dudes like us at that time, well, are you guys, are you guys going to go fuck someone up with these? Are you going to take these to school? And it was like, <laughs> um, like, what are you talking about, man? But um, anyway, I got yeah, and it was point. nothing to be driving around on your. I we'll, we'll do like old man hour. We'll just reminisce about the old times. <laughs> but like, you could get on your bicycle with a BB gun, and you and your buddy could like go jump fences and go get into stuff, and like it Absolutely. was no big deal. You know, Absolutely. like you know, maybe get some Chinese stars. We'd get a frisbee and put nails through it. You know, and like use that instead. Um, so it's like so. Like, I, gosh, we, I, I don't know how many times we watch stuff like an American Ninja and all this stuff or like oh, yeah. around with sticks. And, I, mean, it, I don't know. It was, it was, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. And, um, I had the I had a similar, you know, assumption about the military that, um, that maybe that was my only route to, to gaining that knowledge. And then that, to kind of wrap that up, I mean, when I had gotten some formal training and then I started to venture into more tactical stuff, I would run into Green Berets, who again, like John Rambo, I was like, well, holy shit, this is the guy. You know, everything that I can't learn from the hippies who want to like, just are concerned about leave no trace and, you know, camping light or whatever. Um, this guy, like you said, this guy will teach me how to kill with my bare hands and skewer a pig from a tree. Um, but I was, I was like, gee, you guys, they, they just didn't, the guy who I'm thinking of in particular, he just admitted, you know, he spent his entire career in special operations and, you know, he didn't know anything really. Um, and it's kind of it's, it seems like it, go ahead no 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 you go i was just going to say that uh i i think there's that kind there's there's some of that training in, but it's kind of rarefied where you've got to get like deep in like secret squirrel type stuff or maybe uh i, I know seer school i say i know i haven't gone but i've known a lot of guys who've gone through seer school it's like right. there's little you know like so there, there's there's little pockets where you can get training but even then, it seems like a lot of it revolves around staying alive until you can get extracted. It's not like, you know, you're some mountain man who's, you know, who's going to be like, you know, holing up for the winter um, or something like that. And you're just prepared to live there indif indefinitely. Um, you're just yeah. you're there to get back to your unit or whatever. And and even like for us leg units, um, you know, we didn't we didn't even get any hand to hand training. Um so it was, you know, your, your, your world revolves around just learning how to live out of your rucksack, you know, and you, you can get, you know, stuff airdropped into you, um, but you're, you know, you're not there for that kind of stuff. You're there to shoot, move and communicate. Um, but that, that stuff like that woods, the woods stuff, it's, it's fascinating. Cause it's, you, you sort of like in that, uh, was it the, uh, Jeremiah Johnson? He's like, you know, you, you can't cheat the mountain pilgrim. Um, there's just something about that where you're, you're testing yourself against something and there's really no room for error. Um, and there's just, uh, there's something kind of, I don't know. I don't want to romanticize it, but it's, it, 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 it's something that it's like the safety's off, you know? Um, right. So like that, I, I've, 
I, I, there's a, there's some rabbits I could chase because uh, I've there were some things that you'd said that I that kind of sparked some things in my mind where uh, there was um there was a, a, a I remember we were out on this uh, we were training up for this you know for doing some sort of a field exercise or whatever and it was it was miserable and it was just I hated it and uh, I hated all the people around me and I I went back to my poncho hooch and we were getting rained on and there was just something about being in my little poncho hooch you know, and just the way the woods are when it's raining and just, it was just quiet and still. And there was that smell, you know, like when it rains in the woods and there's just yeah. something so cool about that. Um, and I, I've, I enjoyed that. And I remembered, uh, you'd said something, uh, in one of your shows about, you know, like, you know, the criminal purpose and being willing to do stuff, you know, just kind of break out of the mold and do things like sleep under a car or whatever, you know, just like these little things where like, you come to, if you break outside of your sort of preconditioned kind of routines, there's all kinds of freedom for things that you can do to, you know, just develop skills or whatever. And so uh, I thought, you know, I've got a rucksack, I need a new rucksack I need to break out and uh, you kind of get some, get some experience with. So uh, I went to a park and I just went off this trail, like 20, 30 meters and just set up a poncho hooch when it was starting to rain. And there are people all walking by and everything, like no one ever noticed me. It's like, yeah. I'm just sitting there with like my little thermos and like, you know, my little rosary or whatever. And I'm just kind of having a moment and, and just like in the middle of a park, people, people like jogging by or on bikes. And um, there's just something about being in the woods like that and, and being able to just at the end of it, it'd be like, you were never there. I don't know. There's something cool about it. That is awesome. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Or if you, um, that was what I was going to ask you. I was like, man. If you can, if you have the mental fortitude to, you know, listen to, to take all the shit that you had to take, I know the novel um, is in part autobiographical. It's, you know, it doesn't matter to me necessarily how much is you lived it or not, but I know you lived enough of that and your mental fortitude is not the thing, in, in my opinion, like, that's what I was going to say is, man, have you got a ruck? Have you got a tarp or just, just go. And, um, and I mean, I, I've met, cause I did some, um, instructing for, for a while and it was pretty evident and this was in Oregon. So, you know, it's not just simply, I don't think it's in any way, um, a regional thing, but, you could tell pretty quickly people who figured out that there was like a freedom there. That's, I guess there were a couple people who in retrospect, you know, they, whatever that they, they knew that was available and they ran with it. And then you would see some people that kind of dawn on them, but you would see a lot of people that it never quite clicked that, maybe for whatever reason they had, you know, they're scared of the dark or um, scared of bears or, or whatever. Um, but that freedom that you're describing, like 20 feet off the main drag, um, there's the criminal of purpose. Not because we, we're stuck with this thing, right? Of we can be, we can romanticize it. And I do, I'm guilty of it. Um, talking about the mountain men or whatnot to where, you know, I wish the environment was pristine. Um, 
but there's something pretty amazing about the the environment that we do have, no matter where it is. Like I, I kind of, in some ways, my wife always gets upset when I say this, but I've always wanted to be like to have whatever enough money in the bank to quit at any time, but to go on the road as a hobo for however long, like um, a month, three months, three years, just to experience the juxtaposition between you having that moment, you know, or insinuating yourself right back into the hustle and bustle of the city or the suburb. Um, there's something pretty cool. And there are a few characters that I've seen over the years who had, who somehow had figured that out and made it like, they made it look cool. Like they weren't actual hobos with mental illness and drug problems and, and all that shit. They were somewhat well-adjusted people who had felt that thing that you're describing, this moment of freedom. And like, there's a connection to, to all sorts of things that are not available to us, right? Ancestors, nature, hierophany, God, whatever you want to call it. But, um, that, uh, I, I, I've met, so, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. <clears throat> oh, well, just, uh, you talking about uh, of ways of living that in the real world, you know, without having to go full hobo. Um, there was a, it reminded me of, there's a, there's a girl I know who she, she makes a living, or one of the ways that she makes a living is by foraging or, uh, you know, and doing trapping. And that's not something I really thought that people really do, you know, in the modern era or whatever, but she does it and she makes a living. Um, and you look at like, you know, any of your like, I guess, state department of wildlife or whatever, uh, in, for any who's listening, you check it out probably within your own state and you, you can trap. And like, you know, your state parks, you know, that you'd mentioned, you know, you can, you can go on public land and if, you know, depending on the season and how you do it, you can trap legally. Um, or, uh, like one thing she does when she's foraging is, a uh, like she would start, she could, she could point out where certain plants are. Um, and after a while you, you realize like, I've been, here's this plant right here and it's right by the exit on this interstate that I pass by every day to work. And I never really noticed it. But suddenly it's like you look around and you see all these plants that, but they, they've been there the whole time. And, and she'd said that it's, it's, you know, it's sort of like having a dis access to a whole other dimension. And, you know, it's, it's already there. It's just, you know, you're just, you're crossing, you know, through a portal basically uh, into it. And suddenly it's like you, there's this aspect of the world that was, that was there the whole time. And now it's because you've seen it or somebody showed it to you. Now you can access it and it's always there. And it's like, so like, you know, the whole esoteric survivalism thing like that, that resonates pretty strongly with me because it's like, there's so much there that you just know, but you don't see. Um, you know, being able to go in the woods and say, like, what can I eat and what can I not? Or, or, you know, this is where I would need to, you know, put a hooch, you know, to sleep for the night. Or I could get water this way or, you know, whatever. Just how you, you can read the woods. Um, and gosh, that's like, it's a skill, but it's also magic, kind of, you know? Um, so I'd, I, where, where would you recommend for, for starting out? Uh, could you just, uh, you mentioned the Foxfire books, but are there any, like, websites or schools that you recommend, or is it something that it's 
dispersed enough where you could, you know, just check it out locally and find somebody. I probably all of the above because like when we get when we get done with this chat, you know, I'll check for if you want your local your in local environment or whatever two hours from you. And see I like <clears throat> if it were me and you and I you wanted my advice based on what we've what I know so far, um, I would I would find somebody like that girl, you know, who is um like she's not making any we had people like this in Portland who then they'd post about it on Instagram and um my sister can can do a lot of that she's she's kind of gone to the main vein in my opinion so to speak because we in some survival circles you'll hear it called like abo versus techno um you'll start a student off with the techno so they have a stove they have a sleeping bag a manufactured knife, etc., and then maybe they need to be familiarized with learning that, or maybe they don't. So you probably don't need that. You probably got, you know, more than you maybe would ever want of how to operate out of a rucksack and, um, you know, how to safely use a knife. It's some of it's just stuff that's you wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to see you spend your time or, or money on it. But then there's the, like you say, the magic. And um, those people are, in my experience, are going to be a little bit off the beaten track. And and I, I get, you know, back to the ninja thing, there are a lot of charlatans or somewhat unstable folks, um, which is why I said, I don't know, maybe maybe we look at who who's in your area, but that would be for you, that's probably what I I would suggest and then as far as finding somebody I what I did is I just jumped from person to person to person because some of those schools that if you want to give them 3 grand and 2 months of your life most of it seems to be geared towards a like a somewhat manufactured experience of finding yourself. And I don't think that's what what you need. You know, I, I think that's for like... <laughs> it's like a survivalist dude ranch kind of a thing. Yeah. 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 Um, which is, I'm not trying to bag on that, but for a grown man who can write a book like Breakfast with the Dirt Colt, you know, you don't need to be reminded of like the meaning of life and that all that all that kind of <laughs> higher level stuff but i hear you on the like the foraging and stuff if you just if you just have somebody who can point the way and then you get a couple of those peterson's guidebooks for your area like with tracking um okay or anything like you know the few things that i've picked up skill wise that are a little bit esoteric um Maybe get a little training. Someone to just, like you say, open that door, a portal, and say, see, look at all this. And then over a year or six months or whatever, keep that book around. And um, if, you're, if you're waiting 
to whatever, you know, to, to get your license changed or something and you can stand in the in the side of the lot and do some of that. That's what I, I try and steal those little moments where I can um, back from the man, if you will, and then get you. That, that works yeah. for, well for, for dudes too, like repetition over time as opposed to immersion's fine as well, but that's what I'd recommend, Sam. Okay. Say, are, are you familiar with, I think his name is Dick Pernicki? He did a, yeah. there was a, a, a documentary called Alone in the Wilderness. Absolutely. Seen that? Yeah. A classic. I, I, I thought that was so cool. He's like, he's like going into, into the woods in Alaska or whatever with just his rucksack. My man's like making his own tools so then he can like build a cabin. Like, yeah. It, and and what was it? He was like a he was like a navy guy who was a mechanic or whatever, and he's just he just figured it out. Where you can like just haul off and go off into the woods and like, yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go live out there for like a year maybe or however long. Um I think yeah, that's, I think that's he, wild to be able to do that. He spent something like I mean, the second half of his life, I believe, out there like thirty twenty, thirty, forty years. I mean, he was no joke. Yeah. But, I, Gosh. you know, a lot of um, that reminds me. I of... think we kind of. Go ahead. Oh, oh no, please. I was just going to say that I think one pattern I've noticed with some survival instructors, not myself, but there are there are more than. It, it has it's not just a it's a pattern where. They will go out in the woods for a year. What I know one guy who was he was basically homeless and you know probably not at a good point in his life and he just said, "All right, I'm just going to go live in this green space." I think it was in Oklahoma actually um by a river and he had like stuff that he had grabbed out of his parents' garage. Um, and really had no idea what he was doing. And I think that he just stayed out there for like three weeks and he was starting to starve. And then it kind of kindled something in him where he just started figuring it out. And he lasted um, a year. And it, again, not a, not the most mentally tough guy, but I've met at least two other people, three. Well, there's that guy, Madison Parker, who I mentioned, came back from Vietnam, had options, but just said, you know, I just want to live in this very nice, peaceful spot under the bridge. Um, so I don't know. It, it is a very strange kind of milieu of, of people. I think you're, I, I have to agree with that. It is kind of a, it, it's like a subculture unto itself, and it seems like it's really tough to break into it. But there's, I think it's also incredibly valuable, invaluable, because it's, it's almost like you kind of have to do this out of self-defense, um, because I guess what I mean by that is um, the, uh, we know that we're, we're kind of living wrong, <laughs> that, that this is, that this is, this, it's a weird kind of machine. Um, kind of living and it just there's just a sense that like this isn't how it should be and and that's probably true of every time but um 
being able to have that skill of, of looking around you and, and find out what can I use? Uh, what, you know, how can I, how can I use this to live better? Um, you know, because like, you know, like with the infantry type training, I mean, like that's been great you know, in terms of being, you know, being able to, you know, learn like patrol based procedures and, and some other type of stuff. But like, ultimately it's around like, you know, shoot, move and communicate. Um, and that's, that, that's, there's a place for that, but it's, it's not like being able to just be in a, being able to look in your environment and like, what can I use? Um, you know, what, what, what's good here? So I don't know. You, I think it's, I think it's a good skill. Yeah, I think so. Have you looked at any of them? Like you mentioned rolling, you know, just sleeping under your car. That's one of the things that the areas that really fascinates me now is the, which I think, you know, if whatever types of hardships are, are in our futures, um, we can reliably assume that there's going to be all of the scraps of a whole civilization, um, you know, whatever form they are, whether it's war-torn or just neglected or, you know, the criminal of purpose can just go into a suburban area and it's abandoned. So as you say, like, what's here? What can I do with it? Um, Ed's manifesto, Ed Calderon on Instagram, and um, there are a handful of other other guys who are investigating, like, I guess you call it the, the interface between the woods and, you know, all of the extra stuff that piles up on the side of our civilization. Um, Cause I mean, with the right know-how and the right tools, um, some of the stuff you can do is, is pretty incredible. Um, and I can't, you know, when you get into stuff like wood gasification um, or jerry rigging up, you know, recycled solar panels, like I'm not your guy. I'm, if there's a manual laying around, oh, I wow. might be, be able to figure it out. But, <laughs> but anyway, that's just a cool area too. That Because there's like your woods purist and then he goes home sometimes to his to his city loft and it's like two different worlds but there's this a super weird dimension um available between it all where you're not quite a bum but you're also not like dick prenicky um you know way out in the bush of alaska um which i i agree would be amazing what kind of you know well it's it what's cool is like go ahead well i was just gonna say like what's in your area that um that you can utilize as far as natural environments forests woods what can you like pretty easily get out to access oh well i've got um i've got a bunch of like fairly big parks and there's a, a couple of like wildlife management areas there's one i actually went to recently i uh i, I was interested in doing some uh, i went down a bit of a rabbit hole i was wanting to do i i you're we going to go deer hunting with my dad and uh, one of my brothers saw that they offered a uh it was like feral hog 
night hunting license or something like that. And we're like, dude, we got to do that. That sounds way, that sounds too badass not to do. Um, but I, I was thinking, you know, I should probably level up to that. Um, so I, I thought, you know, let's, and I, I saw that they had, uh, there were some, some small game was in season. I thought, you know, I should go hunt rabbits because it's, it, it's small game and I'm not going to have to like, if I kill one, it's not going to be some great big ordeal trying to carry that damn thing out of the woods. You know, like it's a, it's a rabbit. It, and, uh, and that was next thing, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out like, well, all right, well, what do they eat? You know, how would I find them? You know, and then like, I, I've got like, well, okay, well, here's this wildlife management area. I'm going to go, I'm going to go track, you know, check it out. And I'm like, and, and I, you know, this is just, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking like, all right, well, here's this thing I'm wanting to go hunt and what does it eat? What, what are its habits? And how do I, you know, how do I, how do I kill it? What then like, how do I, you know, skin it, eat all that stuff. And like, and that's, it's a rabbit. So I mean, like it's it's about as basic as you can get but it it just the exercise itself was just kind of fun of just you know going traipsing around the woods you know like literal elmer fudd type stuff you know like hunting rabbits um but it was kind of fun yeah i love hunting it is the most fun so i would encourage people to do stuff like that i do too absolutely all right well do you want to um do you want to pivot over into into talking about your book a little bit, and or do you want to keep keep on this vein? We it's up to you, but I definitely oh, well, want. To... I, oh well, I'm I, I'm okay with both. I mean, because it's um you you were it kind of just chases just a little farther. Um, there was something that you'd said about uh you know like being able to kind of cross over. Um, you know, you're having your loft and then you, 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 you cross over and, or like, you know, the Ed Calderon stuff. Um, and, and you kind of, you know, get a feel for things. And like, there's like a, a kind of a mystical element that happens that I, I, I know, you know, the sort of circles that, you know, kind of inner overlap uh, with you know, the materialist type stuff. But like, I, uh, I remember being on patrol um, and there were times where like, you knew something was up and um, where we, we would, uh, we'd be, you know, every mission it was you know gonna be like world war ii about to happen you know this is like this this is we're about to be in the shit fellas and a lot of times you just it just it felt like another mission but there were a couple times where you just knew there was something up or uh like that that girl i'd mentioned she talked about sometimes where it's like you could feel the woods turn on you um and and there's just like that sense that happens or a, a buddy of mine who uh he was one of the guys who kind of inspired me to enlist he was a ranger and he'd, he'd done the first Gulf War. And uh, we, we're all in college, and he'd just gotten out. And he was, uh, you know, we're a bunch of young guys trying to learn some stuff. And uh, we were trying to have him show us some hand-to-hand, that, you know, because we're thinking, all oh, right, this guy's a ranger. He knows all the stuff. And he did. He knew a lot of stuff. And he went to Sear. But he was, uh, he was showing us sentry takedown maneuvers one day. And I remember him saying, you know, when you're sneaking up on somebody, don't look directly at them. You want because people have a sixth sense. You want to kind of look off to the side and just gauge them out of your periphery. And, and like, I, to kind of like square all that, um, th- there's something so cool about getting out in the woods like that where you're having to, to be aware and pay attention. And it's like you get all these sort of instincts that are right there the whole time that you just kind of get deadened to, um, you know, it, just because the way we live doesn't really call for them, but they're there. Um, and so it's really cool to be able to kind of cross over like that. Now, I, I was curious, like, given the amount of time, like, you've spent in the woods, like, had there ever, ever been times like that where you, like, you, there was something 
you know, where you knew, like, I don't know. Yeah, for, I mean, there's definitely some stuff that, with weather, that um, I've noticed in other people that they did, you know, I mean, the times I'm thinking of were kind of, I think the iPhone was around, but nobody really had one. And the dudes that I was that I was with weren't, you know, the types to to have an iPhone. Like, well, you know how old timers would say, like, I feel it in my bones. Yeah. Like it's gonna rain or it's gonna snow. I've I've absolutely been around people that that somehow knew what the weather was going to do. And it, it wasn't necessarily only because, you know, well, it's, it's April 14th and it always snows in this area on April 14th. It was, it was more subtle than that. Um, personally, that's a good question. And nothing really comes to mind. I have noticed that, I'm not maybe wired like most people. I'm a, I'm a, if you're familiar with those, some people think they're silly, but the um, I think people call it uh, there's 16 personalities, and then there's Briggs Myers is what I'm thinking of, and you get like um, INTP. Yeah. yeah. The the one that my wife and I this is probably on my mind because my wife and I were talking about it today and the one that is that is assigned to me is i have to admit it's it's true um you know maybe there's some of that horoscope like aspect it's it's something of a sleight of hand i i don't know i don't i don't think so though because having investigated it a little bit it's the definitions for each personality are kind of, um, they're not that broad. That's the thing is there are a few moments in reading the thing that particularly applies to me where they're, they're basically using phrases like absent-minded professor or um, kind of somebody who's a little bit out of it. And I have to admit that's, that is kind of how I roll. Um, and then, you know, there's a switch that probably we all have where the gun goes off or the twig breaks in the woods. And then it's like, yeah, I'm no longer kind of assessing the world as an absent-minded professor. But um, the point of going into that was to say I've noticed about myself that sometimes when I, I don't really um, try and structure things that much, if I try and structure my preparation like i meticulously go over my kit i sharpen all my all my knives even though they may not need it and i check the batteries and you know kind of infantry stuff right where i will treat myself like that like somebody's going to come in here and criticize some of the sloppy shit that i'm doing as i prepare for a trip tomorrow even though nobody in my whole life has ever really provided that for me um, I, I make sure that I do that 
because I will wind up out in the woods and um, I I just this is all to say that I kind of notice about myself that I will I I will be that you know that proverbial bull that's like smelling the flowers and sort of looking at like wow that water is so beautiful and um, I don't know if that's a benefit or or if I'm just kind of on a certain point. I might be way back in the, you know, the, um, like if we look at it as a progression of awareness, like you were saying, or skill set, or kind of being attuned to your environment. Um, my experience of myself is that I kind of come in and out. And um, I may have benefited actually from something more like military training, or it might have just broken whatever is good about me. I don't know. But um, I know that's probably a shitty answer to to that question, but it's just the truth. I haven't I haven't personally had like it feels like the mystical aspect of it is kind of already there, and I'm sort of tuning back to oh yeah, I, I also have to survive here. I have to um, you know maybe there's a <laughs> how about yourself? Yeah. I mean, have you? Well, I don't know. I, I... Yeah. Uh, oh, I was just gonna say, uh, you know, like we all date, like like that was part of the thing that we would do. You'd go off on a road march, and you're you're marching all day. You know, you're you know you're getting it before dawn, and you're you're walking till sunset, and then you're gonna do patrols at night, and you know, you don't have your you, you, we did you, you don't you're not you don't have a book, and you don't listen to music. You're just walking, <laughs> and it's just yeah. you and the land, and you eventually just tune out, and you uh you know, you you just you're doing this mechanical task and occasionally you know, you'll look up and admire you know the scenery or whatever but for the most part you're kind of in your head um yeah. but you know, but there are those moments you know where you're like you mentioned the weather i swear and it sound it may sound crazy but it's like you could feel when the sun was about to come up and it's like you know it's it's dark and it's night but you you can kind of feel like the weather like the like the air changes or something like that but it's like you know yeah. like all right well the sun's going to be coming up shortly you know yeah, absolutely. I, I, I was going to go off on a similar tangent. You know, there's all of these little atmospheric cues, you know, like um, the cold air will rise up and, or, and drop at certain times. And there are those tricks that I think the mountain men and dudes like the, the ninja um, would be would have to have been attuned to, you know, even if they didn't know the scientific reasoning behind it but i was going to ask um on those long marches which are pretty much long hikes um did you enjoy that at all i mean was it i know you're there's lots of probably nuance to that to that question and feel free to go anywhere you want but did you enjoy just the even the simplicity of you know, you have a job to do and maybe it's pumping 15 miles today with 80 pounds, but was, do you, did you ever find yourself getting into that rhythm and then feeling kind of satisfied with it? Yeah. I, for the, there was like the, the, the majority of it I hated, you know, cause you, you're having to like put on this ruck and you just, it's like, Gosh, at the very beginning, I remember in basic, we're we're just getting used to just thirty five pounds, which 
for a line unit, that's nothing. But man, you'd have thought somebody whooped our ass. Yeah, like <laughs> we're just like dying, you know, walking around Fort Benning, Georgia, and you know, the drill sergeants are just kind of laughing at us just do just to do two miles. Um, like, it, it's just it, it's funny looking back at just how pathetic that seems because it's like 35 that's nothing um but later on when you're like you're having to carry like all the shit that you have to carry and then it's like you know the rto's batteries or the extra mortar round and it's like 100 pounds or you know 70 something and you're just like god i want to die we have to like go where you know um and of course they're going to drop you off in the wrong lz and it's going to be an extra three clicks or you know where are we going, Sarge? Oh, one more click or whatever. And you just like, it never ends. And so much of that, I just hated. But there were moments um, where you're, you're like being on point and you're, you're, you're up there and, and like, there's just, you know, you're, you're, you're climbing to the top of some mountain or whatever. And you're just, you, there's just you and like everything around you. And like, you're on the hunt, you know, and you've got these guys with you and you're all like, you know, loaded for bear and you're in it and there's just something so cool about that or, or being a you know again like up on some mountain or or some or at the rest of the end of the day and being in your hooch and it's just like there's just something so cool about it and so so liberating it just feels right um so that that part of it i miss i don't i don't miss i don't miss on you know damn near breaking my back with some of this stuff but i i i, I do love getting a ruck on and 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 just getting out in the woods incredibly admirable quality to to tom just in that respect like he bitches just enough you know he's noting it and he realizes that, <laughs> that it's wrong in the real life i've i've bitched way i bitch way more than that i just i didn't think people would want to read it <laughs> it's like you gotta give people just enough to let them know that you're miserable i guess yeah i i, I guess that that sounds that thank like you answer. i Well, it's I, I, um, I, a part of like why I, I wrote the thing in the first place was, was that I, uh, you know, I'm wanting to, you know, I'm wanting to join the military because I'm thinking it's going to make a man out of me. I'm going to learn all this cool shit. Um, and it became immediately apparent that it ain't like that at all. Um, it, it's just, it's just this crazy institution, um, where it's just filled with a bunch of people you don't like and having to do a bunch of stuff you don't want to do. And it's just like, like this, this wasn't what I signed up for. And, but I'm stuck in this thing for, you know, however long I signed up for. And I remember being in basic and, and they're waking us up in the middle of the night because, you know, the drill sergeant, you know, we're still in total control. That's just like three weeks. The drill sergeants are living there and they'll wake up in the middle of the night just to mess with you. And we have this entire battalion, it's like 2 AM and we've got to get up at like four or whatever. Um, and we're all standing there in formations like idiots just because the drill sergeant felt like messing with us and i remember thinking like i hate this <laughs> like i'm gonna drop a dime on all this i'm gonna tell people how the military really is because it didn't seem like like i would in the books i read it was it wasn't like that it was you know it's you know i don't want to i don't want to disparage officers but like it was a lot of these like sort of like 
guys who are in World War II or whatever and retired as a general, and they're writing about what the war was like for them or, or whatever. And it's like nobody was really – like what what it was like as a I, – I guess I, I wanted to write the sort of book I wish had been there whenever I was whenever I signed up. Uh, just like this is how it is, and it's kind of miserable for the most part. <laughs> and, and And that was kind of where that came from. But, uh, so yeah, I, it, it was kind of a weird rabbit hole. Um, I, and I, I remember people would say things though. Um, and I would, I think like, that's hysterical. I, and I'd have to write that down. Um, and where we'd get in these weird situations and you have nine eleven happening. And I feel like, like, wow, I'm, I'm in the middle of something. I need to capture this. And so it's, I don't know. I, I I'm glad people were entertained by it. Um, cause it was, I, I felt like I was front and center for something, um, and I got to meet some really interesting people and have a really weird situation <laughs> um, to live through, I guess. So, but of thank course. you. I mean, it's, it's really to your credit too, that, I mean, one back to our woods conversation, like something in you clued in and I, I imagine other dudes did as well. Like, okay, wow. We really get to go to war because there wasn't, there hadn't been, you know, any action to see for some time. But then, you know, there's a step, it's a step beyond where, because I, I have a thing personally as a writer where um, I have, I feel like I have lost so much good shit um, by not jotting it down the second that I, that it occurs to me like, wow, that's a, that's a great idea or a great word. Or somebody said a hilarious thing. Um, but were, did, so you, it sounds like you knew that maybe it would be something, but you also didn't enter the experience thinking, I'm going to pull, um, you know, the definitive GWAT novel out of this. I mean, we didn't even know, we didn't even know there would be a war <laughs> until you were in it. No, no, I, I enlisted back in yeah. 2000. Um, and initially, I was just going to write just be, me, me bitching about the army of just like, this is how it really is. And here's all this like weird little you know tyrannies that you're living in. And it's just this weird parody of like Boy Scouts, but with guns. And it's just people are just, you know, it's like, yeah, it was it was it wasn't I, that's that's what I intended initially. But then after a while, you know, being in my unit and it's. I, I hated it too. I, it was like I go from basic, and I hated that whole thing. And then you get, you, you stuck around, and eventually get assigned to a unit. And you, as a unit, it's like, gosh, the, these aren't the sort of like heroes I expected I'd be serving with. You know, it's all noble, and it's like, no, I'm, good lord, it's like you know the, the you know, the really bad language. You know, I'm you know I'm a, I come up out of you know out of the church, and like I'm expecting like this is like supposed to be like you know, the portrayal of how the army is, you know. And it's like, and it's like, you know, our, our, our patriots, our heroes or whatever. And it's like, like the language is just horrible. Like I, I remember eventually getting, I remember the getting used to blaspheming, you know, like I, I, I would, I would cuss a little to try to fit in, but then by the end of it, it's like, you know, you just sort of go whole hog. Um, and, and it's sort of like you, you're having to like have this, you're, 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 you feel like you're this, like you're like in a foreign country and you have to try to like learn to fit in. Otherwise you're just going to be miserable and alone. But then after a while, you, you, you see like, these are some really good dudes. 
you know, all of like our bad language and excessive drinking and just, you know, the, the fornicating and like just, just people you would not want babysitting. And it's like, but you know what? They're not all bad. Like, like these, and then the next thing you know, like they're some of your best friends. Um, and then, you know, you, you, we find ourselves in this war and it's, and it was great too. Cause the guys, they, they found out that I was, I would, you know, I'd write stuff down and they were like, Oh, you know, Finley's writing a book. And so people would come up to me to like stuff that I didn't even see. And they'd be like, Hey Finley, this motherfucker here. And then they would like tell some story and, and I'd be like, like this, I'd have to write that down. Um, so they kind of helped me out wow. like that. That's pretty cool. That they would, you know, they it's on they they know that they're not going to be the guy, um, to record it or or maybe even actually turn it into something, once it's recorded, but, but they know that, like whatever they're passing on is gold, and they got to go to the scribe to make sure that somebody takes this shit down and it doesn't just get lost in the, <laughs> in the shuffle. Yeah, and I, I think I, I remember one guy as I was getting out. He was he'd said, you know, you know, tell it like it is, because um, I think there's just a sense that like nobody really does, or if they do, it's it's usually you know geared geared towards like the special operations community, yeah. um, which I understand because like that they do some really cool stuff and it's really high speed and they you know like. That's, if you're going to sit down and devote a couple of hours, you know, watching a movie or, you know, a couple of days of reading a book, you, know, you want to see like some really cool stuff. So like, I, I get that. The trouble is, is like, that's only just a thin sliver of, of the military. Um, and nobody really talks about just as an average grunt leg, <laughs> just like what your <laughs> life is like. And so I think a lot of them sort of, you know, it's like one of us, you know, kind of tell our, tell us, you know, about our story. Um, yeah. So I, I like to think some of that comes through. It absolutely does. And that's why I really liked it. I've read, you know, a handful of the exact special operations types of, um, not a lot of them, you know, I can, I, I didn't devote myself to the genre, but I've read enough to know exactly what you're talking about. And I wanted to ask another question, but I wanted to, I, I would refer to them as, as like, go ahead. No, no, go no. Ahead. Go ahead. You refer to them as. I was going to say I, I would refer to them as PX. <laughs> I would I would refer to them as PX books because you'd go to the PX and it's these sort of like no shit there I was you know it's like dun, 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 Chad Wojak is a Delta Force SEAL Ranger you know whatever dun, 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 dun. he's going behind enemy lines dun, 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 you know and it's just like it's your hero's journey but he's like this you know he's just like total chad and he's got this stand-up wife at home who's completely supportive of him and it's just like it's formulaic kind of but it's you get that but but it's like it wasn't how it was for most of us <laughs> it, it wasn't quite that you know it wasn't quite like that so well i i wondered I don't know. you know when you did you get out in 2008 rough about roughly uh, it was, uh, it was oh, five, okay. and then I got it in September of two thousand. What was the process like between, you know, publishing? I wanted to ask later about if if the publishing industry, you know, that was if that was involved at all. But what was your process of? So you eventually arrive back home and you have 
like an, a couple of notebooks, I imagine, um, memories seared into your head that you're never going to lose. What, you know, what be, eventuates to be this fantastic novel, what happened as far as writing between when you get out or, you know, you start to look at this mountain of, of stuff that you've accumulated? How do you go about kind of organizing it and what was that process like for you oh good lord uh painful <laughs> it, it was extremely painful and um, you know how like there's this sort of cliche how like you know writers are a bunch of drunken crazy yeah. people and like after writing a book i completely understand why that is yeah. <laughs> you know i mean like you understand i mean like like good lord like you, you you put so much of yourself into this thing where you just kind of are obsessed with it, you know, of like riding around being in your head and like knowing something's there and you're like, all right, well, how do I, you spend like a day on a paragraph or whatever, just like thinking like, all right, I need to tweak this. But, um, I, uh, in some ways it was kind of really good physical therapy. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I started writing it, uh, after, uh, the business up North happened and, you know, I'm in the hospital getting put back together it's like, well, I've got some downtime. <laughs> and so uh, I, I bought a laptop and I started writing. Um, and I only had the one hand that would work at the time. And so I just was just obsessed with like, I need to get all this stuff out. And so I, that was what I did. I would, if I wasn't, you know, in physical therapy or drinking, I was, <laughs> I was typing. Um, and by the end of it, it's like six months later, I can type faster with one hand than I could with two, um, which was really cool. Um, so that worked out, but, uh, I, uh, I, I kept a journal, um, and I, uh, I would just went through in sequential order of just, uh, and I, and I tried to take myself out of as much as possible. Just like, you know, I, so-and-so said this and we went here and did that and, and just kind of just sort of almost like a journalistic kind of just, I'm just telling the story. Um. And I had, by the end of it, it was like 430 pages. And it was from the time I got to the unit till the time I left. Um, and I took it to this guy. There was this guy named uh, McKay Jenkins who wrote a book on the 10th Mountain in World War II. And they had this program. It was like veteran, the author, or something like that. I forget what it was. Um, and I was in upstate New York, and he was in Delaware or whatever, um, teaching journalism. And I asked him if he'd take a look at it, and he did. And uh, I went down to talk to him, and he'd said that uh, he picked a couple passages where I I used a little more of uh, you know narration of describing stuff, and it wasn't quite so you know you know here, this person went here and said this, and he said he said that I actually like you know this part here, and I would recommend you do more of that. And so uh, I did that, and he recommended his agent, and I contacted his agent, and his agent passed on it. And so from there on out, it was years of, I would, I would try to find, I'd get like the literary marketplace book. Yep. Um, you know, and this is like 2005, to, you know, the, and it's, so everything, you know, we still have, we still have bookstores <laughs> and a lot of stuff is still in hardback or whatever. And I would get the literary marketplace and I would, I would try to find every agent the, who I, I, I think maybe would be interested and I would, I would send them letters and they would reject it. And so then a couple of months later, I, you know, I, I would revise it, obsess over it. And like, what could I do better? And then do it all over again. I did that for years. I think it was like eight years. Gosh, it was uh, from 2000. Well, I don't know how long it was uh, until eventually 
2012, around about, um, a buddy of mine had suggested I self-publish, and I didn't want to because I, I, you know, because it's it's vanity publishing and all that kind of stuff. But I noticed a lot of the dudes, uh, you know, by this time I'm starting to like, you know, find this sort of like emerging kind of like quasi dissident subculture on the internet. And I noticed a lot of guys in the manosphere had started publishing stuff. Um, and I, and I, you know, I wasn't like in that circle, but I'm lurking around and I'm thinking, well, maybe I could do something where at least I could get this thing off my back and I could, uh, I could tell it my way and I wouldn't have to worry about an agent you know, or, or a publishing house and somebody trying to gimmick up my words, I could do it how I wanted. And, and I, and I thought that would be, you know, it'd be it. And then it's like, you know, you'd be like Moses coming down from the mountains and it'd be like, I'd make a ton of money and that'd be it. And it's like, like, well, that just is kind of getting a whole new phase started where then you got to promote it. And then you got to like, try to find people who are interested in it. And it's just like, gosh, this thing, <laughs> it's just, it, it's, it's, it's a commitment. So, but, so, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm thinking. Yeah, I do. I know. Uh, I know. Which, uh, that, that go ch- ahead. Uh, well, I, I, I'm, I'm curious of like, uh, you, you've been very kind in asking me about my book, but I'm curious about yours because like where that came from. Um, cause that scared the hell out of me. <laughs> like reading your book was like, it, it's it was scary in that like you know a lot of books that like are almost like kind of like post-apocalyptic where there's like everything is just radically different and it's like you know this is now fiction whereas yours is like this is like really close to <laughs> this is this is like this could be just a couple of years in the future where like you could still go to a cafe and get a cup of coffee lights still come on but you've also now got to worry about narco gangs you know, like people just disappearing and there's like people in black, you know, SUVs driving around who maybe weren't there before and law and order just ain't what it used to be. And like, it's really scary. Um, but like, I, where did that come from? And like, did you have a similar situation or like, yeah, yeah. like how long were you working well, on I it? I wanted to say for the benefit of, well, kind of, kind of, um, <laughs> I was going to say the benefit of the audience, but I, there's maybe a few um, masochists out there or, you know, people who are just otherwise fated to, to go the route that you and I both went. And this, this, like, I want to rewind real quick and then I'll answer any question at all that that is brought up. But, this eight year or six, eight year, whatever period where you, you get kind of an entree into, you know, quote, real writers um, that are, they're establishment writers. They're sanctioned at one point in the process or another, whether it was they got an MFA or it was nepotism, you know, their daddy is somebody famous or, um, their friend happens to be acquainted with, you know, the exact right agent who's going to, for whatever their kind of uh, social, political, and economic motivations are, decide to take on the novel that, you know, I think the Navy SEAL stuff has its own sort of um, genre of particulars with respect to agents and stuff. (laughs) 
But um, I want to impart yeah. to the audience that, and tell me if I'm wrong, because you know you've you've been to war, and you've also carried like this. It's it's a weird load that you had to carry for those six or eight years because, you know, and I don't want to read in too much, but I think there's a lot that I can read in and because you you rightly suggest, I think, that, yeah, I, I did a almost, you know, a very, very similar um, course of, of suffering there. But am I wrong in in thinking that, like, that six to eight year period is is – excruciating um you you were because look by all measures um other than you know who who who's at the control levers of media right now um like when i found out that your book you had to go through the similar struggle i was like you've got to be shitting me i mean it's there, and I said this before in another review, but I'll say it again because it's true and it should be, you know, it should be reiterated that very few modern books are actually funny. All of this stuff that like George Saunders or uh, Sedaris or whoever the kind of liberal um, favorite is, Sedaris to his credit did have a couple of funny things I think when he first started, but Breakfast with the Dirt Cult is no shit, laugh out loud funny and then in the next page um you know you are ripped as the reader right back into reality and there you know you self-publish and no matter who it is there's a typo at some point there's a bit of dialogue that could have been spruced up but what people don't understand as the reader is that you have you as the author um, yeah, in the process, you have to give up a little bit, maybe here or there, or a lot, and that's this whole issue of wrestling around. But you can fight for what you need to. The benefit is you have a small team of very expert readers, editors. Um, line, you have this whole division right between line editor and content or copy editor. Then you have a proofreader stage. You have you have not only written the book, you have taken on the burden of all of these other roles to the best that you, you know, to the best of your abilities, and you have dragged it, kicking and screaming through the better part of a fucking decade um, with nothing but, in your case, and again, I don't let me speak for you, but the promises I assume you made to your buddies, the promises you made to yourself, um, and I say this because I don't think anyone else is going to be able to quite highlight it the way that maybe I can. Um, Like if you deserve a medal for something, you know, I'm sure you deserved what you, what you were awarded. And I don't mean to make light of that in any stretch, but correct me if I'm wrong. That six year period was like borderline hell, right? Oh, oh God, yes! I, I'm, I, 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 I'm so glad that like you understand. 
<laughs> it's just miserable because it's you know how it is. I mean, because it's you know you don't have a team, and and God, you mentioned typos. I swear those things are like the damn Viet Cong, like the literary Viet Cong. It's like you go through it and you like you're thinking, all right, I got them all. Like I've got it. Like I feel good. And then you you come back like a week later and you're just like, son of a bitch. Like like wah. And then you like because you know like for every one you see, there's like a dozen you didn't. And you got to do it all over again. And you know they're there. And it's like George Lucas, I think, it said about movies. It's like they're not finished. They're abandoned. And it's like, like at some point you have to let it go. I mean, even after I published it on, you know, on Amazon, I noticed one later and I would re-upload it. And eventually I just like, I've got to stop this. Um, so, yeah, but it's like you're just there on your own. And you don't have those people. And, and it's – and you know that like – like – and I, I don't know if it's like this with you. It's like there's this – you feel like you've seen something. And or at least – like, and you're doing this, like, with fiction, which has got to be, like, a whole nother level of challenge. Because um, at least, like, with me, all I'm doing is just describing stuff, you know, I saw or went through or saw people or whatever. But you're having to, like, make stuff up and, like, God, <laughs> like, that's hard. Um, I don't – like, I, I have nothing but respect for, for you know, for fiction authors because, like, that's – it's really tough to just make something up and, like, be it, make it believable where it's like you know you scare the hell out of me with this thing um and like you you feel like there's stakes there um but and you know that like like you've got to get this thing done just right but even then that's just one phase that you're starting you you've got to like there's a certain degree there, like you know like you've got to keep carrying this thing to a certain point and once you get that point you can set it down um and and it's just god having to like slog through that and just be obsessed and you know and, and like you know that like other parts of your life are suffering you know like or you're neglecting um and you're just having to be obsessed and god that takes such a toll um so i i i god i i i i, I appreciate that that you understand <laughs> it really is um a unique i i kind of i kind of thought of this in um relative to this passage prize that was happening on the Twitter, you know, not too long ago, I thought it was pretty cool. And, um, but the overall point was that there seemed to be at least a few who had started to notice that, um, the stuff that you find both at the airport, um, and the stuff that you find, you know, at the airport bookstore, excuse me, but also if you go to your, you know, oh, yeah. Portland, we have PALS and it's, it's like a giant bookstore. It's, it, it, it used to be sort of um, a genuine literary sort of center where you had the, the old classic Portlander, you know, like classic liberal um, ideals. And those the books I'm thinking of, they're going to be more artsy, you know, more literary, what have you. But even those um, are, are, they suck. Like, just simply put, I would do this thing, you know, this would have been like, there was an, a period of time in like 2015, 2014, where I went through and I read several of the award winners for that, for the, the first I don't know, maybe, maybe I went back like five years. So Pulitzer Prize, um, whoever got the, um, what is it, the MacArthur Prize. And I finally got to 
what was it called? It was, I probably shouldn't say it, but it was such a colossal piece of shit. Um, it had won, you know, multiple enormous prizes. I, and I'm every other page I'm sighing, you know, I'm like, oh no, like it's, it's, um, it's trite. It's, it's me. It's largely meaningless other than to this very targeted audience of um, say 40 or maybe 30 to 60 year old women who have expendable cash. And so they're going to buy the most books. So we, we will take this, this piece of shit and we will put it up on this pedestal and say that it was the best novel that was published that year. And I finally, you know, threw that book across the, I don't like generally do like big displays of violence or anger, but this was one where I, it was just like, okay, it's over. Like it finally dawned on me that any, (laughs) any hopes of there being Oh, I, I've thrown a book or so, I've, I've thrown a book a time or two myself. I know exactly what you're feeling. I'm in good company then. The point, I guess, is to say, you know, you get yeah. to that point. I, I got to a point as well where I realized, you know, um, having done enough research and this group that you mentioned, right, like um, uh, a subterranean uh, milieu emerging out of the internet that that is starting to be to gain clarity on what's really, really happening. And um, I know who you're talking about. The audience knows who you're talking about. And when I added some of the conspiracy angles to that, I realized like it's, it's absolutely hopeless that, and you know, even a college educated or, but if you don't have an MFA and you're a white dude and you don't include like six female big lead characters and the audience like <laughs> you're you're not you're not they're not gonna accept you no matter what. Um and that's you know that's another burden that you kind of faced early because there have been some other pretty decent novels um that have arrived within this milieu that you and I are I think are writing in. Um but it's it's a i guess i go into this whole digression not to um not to be too tedious about it but it's worth pointing out that we are living at at a you know in some way you know if you did nothing else you you and i do think you did much more than this but you played a role you know that in that in some way is hopefully bridging the gap between a kind of literary golden age that really did exist where a man could go on an adventure and he could think about shit and then distill that down for other human beings using this incredible thing we have the written word and then other people could benefit from that and you you know i don't i don't mean to ascribe motivations to you i just but i do mean to like i hope properly Put you in context because you had to do that against you know pretty much all odds and i know because i've gone through it like you develop these internal narratives of um endurance and like you say this i'm gonna set this fucking thing down someday but it has to be at the right place 
yeah, well, yeah. you did. It's 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 weird how um. Well, I I I'm very much obliged, and I that means a lot that. It's, you know how it is. You, you get this thing in your head, and you kind of wonder, like, yeah. is this any good? Or is this just me kind of blowing smoke up my own ass? And um, so that that somebody else could could read it and maybe kind of see what I saw through my eyes or tried to communicate that means a whole lot, and I really appreciate that. And um, from you and and anybody who's ever paid for the thing and 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 got something out of it, I really I appreciate everybody, and I I'm, I appreciate those words. Um, you mentioned that time, and and it's 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 weird. It, in that, I, I guess it's looking back on my naivety. I, I didn't know what had happened because I, you know, I, I grew up. I remember, uh, you know, one of the first books I really liked as a, you know, like grown up books. You know, it was like in high school and reading All the King's Men by Robert yeah. Penn Warren. Really loving that book because it feels like like this is a grown ass man's book. You know, this is a this is like this has got something significant here. You know, or, or later on getting into books or and, and even like there were contemporary ones. I remember getting into in the Wheel of Time, which I don't even acknowledge the miniseries happening. But like that book really I, I love the way he, he tells this story, this like fantasy adventure. And he's it's it's you know, it, it's it's it, he's playing D&D with himself, but it's like it's fun, too. Um, and there was, you know, these, I remember wanting to be Lan. Um, that's uh, that, that, that helped inspire me to join the service because it's like I want to be a badass like that guy or um. Or, or even reading stuff like uh, Haruki Murakami's stuff, um, and he's fairly contemporary. I mean, thinking like, okay, well, I could, I could roll the dice, and you know, and, you know, like Band of Brothers had, had just come out, I think, in two thousand something, early two thousands. I'm thinking, well, th- all right, well, you know, there's, there's a, there's a market here, um, and that was the wrong answer. I, I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know what had happened. I didn't know there'd been this change, um, and then later on, uh. This is, uh, I think, I, I, it had been out for a couple of years, and I thought, you know what, let's let's swing back around. And now that you know it's it's out there and it's got a couple of reviews, let me see if you know I can find an agent. Um, and uh, one guy replied, and he said he really liked it, and he said, uh, but it, and, it, and this guy was he'd been a non-vet, and and he he's he's some guy up in New York or wherever. Um, and I'm thinking, all right, we're about to do it. And uh, he said, you know, I. If, if this thing is, you know, I, I love what you've written, but it's, it's going to have to be some changes because I'm thinking, you know, it's going to have to need, need to be two books because it's really, you know, these two different stories. And I would recommend we're going to have to change the ending or whatever. And I remember telling him, like, I can't because <laughs> that's, yeah, this, that's how it happened. Um, you know, and like, you know, some of the pacing or whatever, it's, you know, I, I get that. But like, that's how, like, these are their words. You know, this is how things happened in, in my life and what I saw. And I, I can't, and people have already paid for it. I'm not going to go changing the story. Um, and he said, he's, I, I appreciate, he said, you know, I respect that. But he says, you got to understand, Sam, the publishing industry is almost entirely ran by women who studied creative writing in college. He said, like, they're going to hate what you've written. And he said, you know, like, there was a guy who had been in Iraq and they were, they got it almost to the finish line. And, and it was getting ready to, you know, you know, get blessed off and start publishing. And eventually the editor, though, she didn't like it um, for you know, some petty reason or whatever. And it completely, the, the book died. Um, and so it's like, you realize like that happened at some point where it's like, we let all of like, you know, these like, you know, like you're saying the 30 something to 60 year old, you know, creative writing women, like completely dictate how the, how the, how the stories are supposed to be. Um, and I, I don't, I think that's the wrong answer. Um, I, and I, I think that this, this sort of, 
it, there's just something so sclerotic and just kind of fake and contrived about all this. And it, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I think there's, I think there's a whole lot of stories out there. Um, and going back to the passage prize, I think that's, it's, it, that stuff like that's encouraging because, you know, this thing isn't going to change on its own. Um, and it, it's, you know, I, I, I like to think that there's, you know, a, a whole market that's just waiting to be tapped. Um, and that, you know, people like them will help make it happen. Um, but in the, in the meantime, like, it's, as you know, I mean, like, it's no fun wandering around the wilderness. Like, like, like damn it, this story, I've, I've got something here. Um, Absolutely. So I don't and know. Then, and you, you kind of touched on yeah. this, this other moment where you, you've gone through, um, you know, like, I mean, there's, there's endless quotes about how hard writing is. I always go back to the, um, the Hemingway one. Uh, writing's easy, just sit down and bleed. That's really kind of glib, but like if you let that stand, speaking to the audience here, okay, so you sit down, it's 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 suffering. Like it's extremely fucking taxing. Um and you do, you obsess about it. Your whole life starts to change, you know, to accord the novel or the book that you're working on. And the rest of your life suffers for that. And then you make this mental shift where you have to kind of understand like, well, the world has moved on and what are my options with this? It has to be placed somewhere. I have to, I know I have to set it down somewhere. Um, and so you, you, I, I looked at it exactly the same way as a, as a gamble or a wager of sorts. Well, maybe there's, a path with heart here and maybe there's a path on the other side which is now i've confirmed is pure corruption at least 98 percent corrupt and um okay so i'm gonna wager what amounts to you know my soul it's going to be an act that's going to exist over time whether or not anybody reads it or not whether or not five people or, or fifty thousand people read it it's you have to make this choice so sam makes this choice and then at the end of the shit sandwich is the reality that you have to you've been the editor you've been the writer you've trucked it here and there and now you have to become the marketer and the the guy who flogs this thing and you know goes on interviews or whatever in in, in a world that um is awash with algorithms and mechanisms to divert attention back to TikTok or back to uh, wet ass pussy or whatever the, the, the latest <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying and, and yeah go got ahead. it yeah it, it's it's the, the, it's such a weird culture that we've got now you know I mean just of, of what's deemed popular yeah. you're like god I've got to live in this thing <laughs> <laughs> um, or, or you know, how, you've got a you, with your boy coming up. I've I've got nephews, and you're thinking like, God, what are they? <laughs> what's what's here for them? Um, yeah, but I I don't know, man. It's well, I've noticed. Um, not not to you know switch gears at all. I just in the realm of like the passage prize, um, kind of along that that line. I I was encouraged as well. Um, 
and I think you're right that there there is a a huge untapped market because just logically speaking um there are still enough people men who read and I think that we're at a place where we're it's kind of like the early adopters to use the marketing slang lingo of of dudes who have realized okay so the world wasn't made for me it was kind of made against me actually and i'm going to have to live in this thing how do i do it and then they kind of turn the corner well i have to read um contemporary stuff because that's what you know an engaged citizen of of western civilization does and um i i imagine that we're still at that phase you know like we haven't kind of swept up um enough of that hopefully not totally npc crowd that will but they'll tag along i think that i do have faith on some of these things despite um what people might get out of king of dogs and um you know not to to beat this horse to death but when i read uh your book you know uh it's true that i was laughing throughout the entire thing and then i was like holy shit i'm laughing all the time but i was there were you know it brought me to tears at multiple points as well and i i did want to bring this up so it might be a shitty segue but um there's this moment at the end, you know, and as a guy who knows how to structure books, like, you know, we have to have our hero kind of hit this low point um, where everything begins to dawn on him or, or something along those lines. But it, when, when you're, when Tom is your character is in rehab and, um, Forgive me, but I forget if the lady that he the lady that he talks to had just lost her son. And you know the part I'm talking about? Of course you do. I mean yeah. that yeah. you know, I had to I had to put the book down and um, you know, take a little walk for real, because um you know, again, people who don't write books don't understand how much you're talking about 300 some pages that in my view sets up um a moment that transcends all of the shit of the army all of the shit of the stupid fucking world that we have to inhabit all of these things and um again not to be you know too poetic about it but the truth of the matter is is that um, the skill required, the patience required, and then like the human, just the humanity of the thing to understand this is how we really work. And um, so for the audience, if you haven't read this book, um, you're going to, you need to go out and read it because it's not just funny. It's not just a war story. And I'm telling you, there's a moment at the end that is going to, it's going to jar you very hard. And if it doesn't, you know, you have bigger problems than, uh, than all the rest of this shit. Um, anyway, you know, I know that I, I yeah, appreciate that. That, that was an incredible I, I, moment 
just in just from a literary point of view. Um, and but I also, you know, I want to move on to your other stuff as well. And I but again, I want to know so much. I because I want to kind of know like what happened between. I know you have to live life. I know you got all this stuff for the but. Um, before we go to your latest articles, there's another thing you, you put out recently that was, dude, it's just super powerful. And uh, the reason it's powerful is because it's honest and it comes from a certain point of view. And this is, I refer here, I'll put it in the notes for the show. Um, the publication is called IM-1776. And I've read some of their other stuff and they're doing a, a very fine job. Um, way way beyond what you're going to find anywhere in the mainstream and it's pretty cutting edge even among the cutting edge and sam wrote an article called a kfab in kiev correct yeah yeah kfab in kiev, in kiev. Uh, i had to esoteric pro wrestlingism <laughs> <laughs> um do you want to talk about that piece at all? I mean, we don't have to go deep in where, but we can if you want. I just wanted to, you know, to highlight it, but also give you a chance to expound on it if if there was stuff there that that you wanted to talk about. Oh, I I, I appreciate that. Um, in in some ways, like like what you know, we just talked about that lady Leanne and, and her, you know, her son. Um. And how, you know, what, I'm at the dining facility one day and I'm, I'm just, you know, my, at Walter Reed minding my own business. And this woman sits down because I reminded her of her son and he had just died. And, and she's, you know, referring to him initially in the present tense. And then it's like past tense. And it's like, he's gone, isn't he? And he is. And, and you're just like, like, God, what, what would that, what's life like for that woman? Right now, uh, and, you know, just like she's having to get used to refer to her son in the past tense. And what the hell did that buy? Um, he he died far from home, and and you know she, her, and her husband loved this kid into being, and he's a good man, and then he just dies, you know. And, and it was probably just like an IED or just something random, and like he his life is over, um, and that's war. I mean, like that's the modern war, and that's how that is. And and so like, but this business, you know, going off in Ukraine. Um, again, I I, I don't. I don't. I know enough about that situation. They're like, I don't know enough. Um, like this is, and I don't trust the people who talk about it. You know, or at least you know in the mainstream, because they're all working angles. Um, it's it's enough. Like this is a war on the and 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 I, and I I would hope that you know that that wise heads prevail over this thing and bring it to peace. But um, but like it seemed like there's just this war fever. All of a sudden, it just it's like a switch got flipped. And and it's like I remember that I remember that with with Iraq and you know like with nine eleven and it's like suddenly it's like this thing is getting blown to a really weird proportion and we're going to like unilaterally start invading other countries because you know they're building a Death Star or whatever and it's like they lied about that and and they're always lying about every war we've been in and it's like the war fever has hit again and it's like I know this demon <laughs> I I've seen this thing before um and and God I. Re- I, at work, I remember hearing people talk about it, and, and they're just, just like, like I've got to get up and walk around because it's like I'm mad. And, and I, I'd, I'd contacted Mark, and I was like, cause occasionally he'll, you know, he's like, you, yeah, hey, you know, if you got anything, you know, let me know. All right, well, I, you know, I, 
I, I'm not really interested in like writing right now. I just want to just kind of go about my life. But it's like, I felt like saying something then because it pissed me off um, because these people who hype this, you know, trying to like gin up this war, it's like, I, that's like, God, it, that's the opposite of what you want. You would want to deescalate this. Um, Cause this is going to be a whole lot of people, a lot of good people dying needlessly. And, and as bad as it may be between Russia and the Ukraine, like God, if we get involved or, or you know, or, you know, NATO or whatever starts, it's like, that's just going to be worse. Um, and it's like, there's just going to be, God, it's like they're courting World War III with this thing. Um, and that's to say nothing of all the stuff they're trying to sneak through on the back door of like, you know, this great reset type stuff. And like, we're going to do all these sanctions, which actually hurt us, you know, or whatever. And it's like, there's all these weird little political angles that are going on. And like, and none of the people who are at least, you know, officially, you know, like in the Republican Party or whatever, it's like suddenly they, 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 they went from like, here's your enemy. And like, they're, they're in a weakened position. And it's like, suddenly like, they want to like start beating the war drum. And it's like, well, wait a minute, like, let's go fight this war instead. Like, damn it, like, your enemies are here. Um, like, stop trying to kill foreigners when it's like you've got people who are here who are, like, completely opposed to you and your world that you want or the things that you love. Like, do something about that if you want. But, like, let's take a break from killing foreigners for a little while. <laughs> so that's kind of where that came from. Well, it's a brilliant piece, and it, you know, it was very but, moving you know, from the informed point of view. And I, I got a kick out of the, I didn't know it was pr pronounced kayfabe, but um, for, for years and years, I've made a similar, and maybe, maybe I'm not, you know, I'm not the first guy, but the pro wrestling aspect is, uh, is much appreciated is my point, you know, bringing that in to, to make the case like, <laughs> and it, it's really almost, at least with pro wrestling, they, you know, there was the dignity of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. This is um, not actual wrestling. I, I, and, of course, you know, some people in Mexico would uh, quibble with me there. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 loved, uh, I loved every word of this one. And, um, you know, I hope that listeners of this podcast will check out the publication and um again i'll put this in the notes it's uh, i stand by what i said you know this is the piece that should have been on the new york times this is the act there here's the fucking truth um but as you point out you know we live in a world where the angles we, we don't know who's angling in on who at this point it's just um a real, a real knot. Yeah, it's just, it's, uh, there was something that, that Darren Beatty had said, I think it was Darren Beatty, um, that, um, that there was a piece over at, uh, over at Revolver um, about how for, for conservatives, uh, you know, whatever that means anymore, um, war is almost kind of a crutch. Um, and that, that you don't have to deal with the hard problems that are close to you. Um, instead, you can just go off on some you know foreign adventure and kill a bunch of strangers. Um, and, and like that's we've seen that. I, I, I like to think we've seen that one enough. Um, and and God, it, like with war, I mean, you wonder like you know with that woman Leanne or, or you know any of it, like the guys I knew. Um, 
you wonder like what did we buy with that um you know we're supposed to be fighting for you know a way of life a people a place or something like that but it's like the people who run this thing the this machine like they're completely opposed to that stuff and that's that's scary um, and it's intractable because you're like wait a minute my enemies are here <laughs> like like what do you do then um you know, you're not going to go like fight some kinetic kill them all kind of war um because that's you ain't going to win that one um so it's like this weird nebulous kind of situation which going back to your stuff which i <laughs> i mean like like with king of dogs i mean like like you there's a you know at the beginning you talk about how like you know the the politicians still will do like the whole patriotic slogans and you know all that kind of stuff but it's like that's like a whole other world and it's it's different than the way things are on the ground um and it's just, i don't know it's like the, the official politics don't describe like where your real problems are um i don't know i'm no, kind of 100 percent. i don't know they're, they're... well i was Go just ahead. gonna say it it i 100 percent agree you know with all of that the the enemy is here um and I should say for the audience, you know, the article breaks, breaks. it's not just, you know, um, the beauty of the piece is that it's, it's like you said, you got pissed. I mean, you had something to say, um, but you're citing multiple examples and it, it's not just, you know, an emotional piece. It's, it's inform. it's uniquely informed and the reader can follow you which is another piece that you know i got out of it was hey this this guy is following the same weird convoluted line of of quote news just hoping that you know basically what we have to do is like take all the lies and then set them in a pile and attempt to suss out like well none of this makes sense it's all a bunch of lies but maybe i can start to like deduce what they're really saying, you know, either from what's not said or where the motivations and the various uh, ploys and plays kind of poke out, like you mentioned, Great Reset, and um, the fact that actively a lot of these steps that are being taken are just dialing America down. Um, they don't have anything to do with I mean, forget about a major threat or whatever that we need to go drop bombs on. Uh, the, the problem is right here, and um, it, it even goes beyond a kind of like moral, um, like collective decay. Um, there, now we're actively sort of being assaulted, you know, in, in, a, in a sense, um, whether that's through various like attrition sort of measures um and that's not to make light of you know the the, the psychological suffering and, and the moral component of it but um for the audience again sam does a fantastic job of putting all that out there sorting it through and and giving you some 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 truth as well as uh, a very useful point of view so i can't recommend this article highly enough um and and yeah i mean 
you, know, you mentioned Thank King you. of Dogs as being scary. Um, I agree. Like that—that's the part where I suppose there's a lot of lost hours of sleep, you know, in our in our thing, if you will, in our milieu. Um, I hope not so much, but occasionally I will lose some hours of sleep myself from from kind of it all starting starting to dawn on me that we're in some deep, deep, deep shit. And, um, it, you know, it's, it's the same old stuff, I suppose, that will pull us, pull us through or decide it. But, um, it, like, I mean, going back to the eighties, um, and the nineties where we grew up, there was no shortage of corruption and big scandals and truly terrible terrible just morally objectionable people at at the helm or pulling certain level levers but hey, do you agree that whether it's through this degradation that i'm always um railing and ranting about or or whatever else that we've we've really arrived in a a different sort of place where you know, in terms of the scale of the corruption and the scams, and also, I guess the maybe the I want to say illiteracy of of our our citizenry. You know, they're sort of inept, seemingly inept or apathetic in terms of taking on that responsibility. Which you know, again, writing something like this. That's how you do that. Like at this stage in the, in the in that assault that I'm referring to, this is the proper response, in my opinion. But do you have um, do you have that same sense if you ever think back to the '80s and '90s and kind of A B test the two that we're in some serious shit now? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I remember feeling like I was back then, kind of at times. I mean, which is funny to look back on it because it's like. I remember telling my mom recently about how uh, I, I found myself thinking about my high school parking lot and, and the kind of cars that were, you know, I, you know, I, I'm, a, I think we're roughly about the same age, you know, uh, yeah. in our forties. I got, I remember, you know, uh, the, the high school parking lot in the nineties and they were like, like being able to like fill up your tank for like 20 bucks or something like that. And just like the, there was, there was still that sense of freedom um, that which is kind of odd in that, you know, we have, we're, you know, we have cell phones and all this other type of stuff, but like, it, it, it felt freer. Um, and again, that's, it's kind of odd because it's like, you know, now you're, you know, we're, we're now, de now trans is an issue, you know, in terms of like, you know, liberating them or whatever, but it's like, there's a weird kind of underlying tyranny, it feels like. Um, Absolutely. And, and like my whole life, it feels like, like there's like everything I've, you know, I loved or believed or, you know, grew up with. It's like, I've seen it attack, being attacked, if not defeated. Um, and it's like, God, it's like, what is it going to be this week? <laughs> you know? Um, and, and I don't know if that's just getting older, um, but I, I feel like there's like an objective kind of, like, like you're saying decay. And like, it's like, it's, I mean, hellfire. I mean, like there's, it's like this weird controlled demolition kind of, um, and like they've even used the phrase of like managed decline. 
or you know relative decline or whatever and um, to basically explain like you know we're globalists and we really don't care about countries anymore but we want you to kind of go with the flow until we bring about the brave new world <laughs> there you go whatever. yes um and it, it's it's kind of a hyperbolic way of putting it but like that's you know you you mentioned jay dyer before i mean like his globalist book series i mean like like these are that they, they're open about it um like i and that's you know, like, what do you do about it? I mean, I guess other than tell stories. So this concludes the first free half of the podcast. If you wish to access the rest of it and subscribe, you can do so on Patreon for the time being. And you can find links either on the website, which is goldengoatguild.net, or on Instagram in the link tree. The handle there is also goldengoatguild. Sam Finlay has written what, in my opinion, is the definitive and will go down as the definitive novel to arise from the global war on terror. Now that the war is over and all the entries are in, he gets my vote. So check that book out. It's available, you know, at all the usual places, Amazon, etc. And leave him a review. It helps the, um, the independent author more than you might imagine. As well, check out the website IM-1776. Sam's article is Kayfabe in Kiev. It's outstanding. Subscribers, hold on. We'll be right back.